Jackson. You ready? Let's go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, Now live in the Bank Plus studio where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. All right, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Owned fortification for over 30 years, the leader in sports medicine. MississippiSportsMedicine.com and uh, new surgery center clinic. Lakeland Drive, Flowood, uh, any age, any sport, any injury, they've got you covered. You see the Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center team out and about around the metro area, whether it's soccer, baseball, basketball, football, and all the uh, softball and all the other sports, MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Uh, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, we're s- streaming live on The Zone 1059.com. You can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call in line 601-707-3750. And then, of course, Twitter, 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 Twitter handle at Bowbounds. And uh, our Twitter's been more active here recently. I like it. I mean, there's some snarky on there, but there's some good stuff, too. And um, Twitter handle at Bow Bounds. And then, of course, what was Mississippi Ag is now Ag Up Equipment. And the Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. I'm told that we're good to go to the NFL draft. Um, I just received a text about 10 minutes ago when Mike Dettelier was talking Arch Manning. And so Blake Maney and I will be in Las Vegas uh, for the NFL draft. And we'll get to see Charles Cross and Matt Corral go in the first round. And uh, just a few Georgia players. (laughs) And uh, in Bama and so on. So, uh, and I can't wait to see how many quarterbacks go where Corral, Pickett, and these other dudes end up. And where Charles, Mississippi State fans will be locked in. I mean, they have become even more loyal and engaged at the NFL level. And wherever Cross ends up, uh, Giants, they have two picks in the the first round. I I don't see the Panthers because the Panthers, Carolina Panthers need a QB. He would be a good pick because he's a hell of a football player and very, very talented, could play 10, 11, 12 years. And again, I'm not an O-line coach, but I don't think he's scratched the surface. But, man, that dude played well for Will Will Rogers and Mike Leach this past year. I mean, you had – look, I know the season didn't end like you wanted, and and you played some bad football against Ole Miss, and they took advantage – uh, in the second half, and you, you know, the whole COVID thing against Texas Tech, but you beat, I didn't think you were going to beat North Carolina State, Kentucky, at A&M, at Auburn. Uh, with that team, that does tell me that that crew can coach because, I mean, there was nothing on defense 
you know, no pass rush. And um and your safeties were <laughs> it really in the Sun Belt? That's hard to do. That is that's hard to do. Heck, linebacker. That's hard to do. Anyway, um, sorry, I digress. I could whew, goodness gracious. Um, you know, Will, the Houston Texans at three, they gotta go quarterback. So I don't think Cross goes there. Corral could, but I, I don't think Cross goes there. Now the Giants, if what Mr. Mara said, the owner said, We're we we've done everything we could do to screw up Daniel Jones. The Giants have two picks. They could go Charles Cross. Surely the Panthers go QB, but I don't know. Maybe they go Sam Darnold. Do the Falcons go ahead and make a move and redshirt a crowd? Hey, we're going to go one more year with M Matty Ryan and then Corral. Then you got the Broncos and the Jets. I don't think Cross is still on the board there, Will, at number 10. But he may be. We'll see. Uh, and then right there at 11, the Washington football team needs a quarterback. So it's just one team after another that needs a QB. Um, good morning. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Uh, thanks for making us your um, sports and entertainment show of choice. Let me go back into Las Vegas. I can't wait. I haven't been there in a while. It's uh, It could be time to party party. Um, looks like we'll, we'll either do a show or a really cool podcast there. I'm looking forward to either one. Uh, Blake knows how to do all that stuff. So I don't know where we'll set up. Maybe we'll be by the pool or something in some kind of cabana, uh, outside of the NFL draft, but you know, it'll be wild in Vegas. And, and the fact that we have two, you know, Mississippi state Ole Miss guys going in the first round makes it pretty awesome. I haven't been to the draft. I'm not really sure I was like dying to, but then when we got this call, I thought this sounds amazing. And Vegas food, you know, all that. And then the NFL draft, I'm in. Uh, maybe I'll hang out with Jonathan Abram. Who knows? And uh, maybe we'll get Abram on the podcast. I don't know where he, he goes in the offseason, but uh, we'll have to see. Um, Man, if Tark the Shark was still alive, you know I'd track him down. You know it. I mean, we had him on the show, and he used to talk to me. He was kind of, He's kind of like Mike Leach. When you call him, he'll talk to you for a long time. And um, when I used to call Tark, y'all know who I'm talking about, Jerry Tarkanian. Will, did you know who I was referencing? Okay. Um, Tark the Shark, UNLV coach, you know, he had a pullout back from his house, he told me. That would have been a cool spot to do the podcast. Can you imagine the the stories that Tart the Shark would have shared on a podcast. That was before podcasts, so, you know, when we were having him on the show. But I'm excited. Las Vegas, NFL Draft, the Out of Bounds Show, Whiskey 61 Podcast, uh, Out of Bounds Podcast. There's all kinds of options for us to, uh, to do. And maybe we'll find a sponsor in Vegas, too. We've already got a sponsor for this, but a uh, partner. Who knows how that's going to look. Anyway, and if any of y'all are going, let us know. We'll meet up at one of the sports books, light a cigar, and talk about uh, Charles Cross and Matt Corral and Mark Emerson and Jerry on Ely.
Somebody asked on the text line, did Jerrion Ely, you know, he was actually complimenting Ely. He said, you know, I thought he'd be a star at Ole Miss. Um, look, Ely's a good football player. Uh, he was always a threat to, you know, to bust it open. He played in an offense where he wasn't, it wasn't Deuce or J.J. Johnson um, where you're going to get 20-plus touches a game sometimes. And he's a threat catching the ball, too. He's a really good player. Now, you know, he's he's not some of the running backs that we've had the last few years. We'll see what his career looks like in the NFL. He may be small, but he's built like he's strong as a bull. Pound for pound, he, he's... He is strong as a bull. And, um, hey, if you can hang around for four, five, six years without getting your knees and ankles and hips ripped up, shoulder, then, uh, you know, you can make some dough. He's not going to go early because of the position he plays. It's not. It's no longer, you know, Earl Campbell football, right? Or Eric Dickerson or even Emmett Smith. I mean, is that the biggest workload, workhorse in, in the history of, of – Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Earl Campbell. Um, you know, coaches just running their dudes into the ground. But that's the way the game was played back then. Ely had a good career and had some special moments. Um, you know, he was from the metro area and a five-star player. Could go either way there. Live in the Bank Plus studio, Bank Plus. It's more than a name, it's a promise. Show is brought to you by the Wings at Sal and Mookie's in Madison. And the pizza specials. We will drop the Ed Ogeron audio coming up next. I started running my mouth. Uh, Robert asked if Jerry on Ely could be a slot in the uh, in the NFL. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but... You can play running back and run it and catch it. Uh, we'll see. He's very, very talented and athletic. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Cypress Depot in Ridgeland. Cypress Depot in Ridgeland. CypressDepot.com, leading supplier of Cypress and hardwoods in the southeast. And uh, Kenny and the team doing a great job. CypressDepot.com. CypressDepot.com. You can also uh, load up your fridge and refrigerator at corner market grocery stores throughout the state of Mississippi, including several here. Um, Corner market in Bellhaven, where I grew up. Corner market in Fondren, where I lived. Corner market on Northside Drive. And uh, corner market going to Starkville, Mississippi, which is a good thing. Uh, the official grocery store of the Out of Bounds Show, Corner Market. So Ed Ogeron was on the Dan Patrick Show, and Dan Patrick asked him, you know, tell us about the one that got away. You know, Eddie O is known as a a fearless recruiter and uh, a fantastic recruiter at that, evaluating and, 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 and recruiting and connecting and so on. He's got a uh, the ability to really... Um, connect with anybody from all walks of life, which is a special gift and has served him well. And this is Eddie O talking about recruiting Adrian Peterson on the Dan Patrick show. Who broke your heart 
Is there one that stands out? Oh, Adrian Peterson. Oh. Man, I love them. I love Adrian. Oklahoma better offered a better package no, it, to him. It, this this true story. We go we go down to see Adrian, me and Pete, and uh, his mother ran track at I think it was at Houston. Wonderful lady. And Adrian and I had a great relationship. He loved Pete Carroll, but I felt like he and I were very tight. One time he says, Coach, uh, I went to this school. He says, Coach, I want you to follow me. I couldn't, I couldn't drive with him. We went 30 miles. I said, I don't know where we're going. We stopped at this little country store, and he bought a gingerbread cookie. I couldn't buy it for him for supper. And then we went to a basketball game. And we sat in the, sat in the, in the gym, and I said, what are we doing? He said, you see that guard right there? I got to play him next week. Coach, come and scout him. How about that? <laughs> then he, I said, well, Adrian, what is the key to getting you here at USC? He says, Coach, well, Bob Stoops, my dad is incarcerated, and Bob Stoops won't see him. Well, me and Pete Carroll tried to go get him. And to go see him, they wouldn't let us in. But Adrian said, Coach, my dad is be able to watch my games where he's at. Well, if I go to Oklahoma, I tried to get the guy transferred to Los Angeles. <laughs> Wait, you Could tried you... to get Adrian's dad? <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, I competed. <laughs> I competed. Couldn't get it done, but I competed. I love that at the end. I competed. Couldn't pull Eddie O, Ed Ogeron. Couldn't pull Adrian Peterson from Oklahoma. But uh, he and Pete Carroll made a run at it and tried to get his dad transferred. wonder how that conversation went, right? I mean, where do you even start? I, I, I don't know, some kind of uh, big-time attorney or law offices in Southern uh, Southern Cal alums that walk you through the process? And and did it ever get any legs, or was it just, that's not going to happen? It, it, it's not going to happen. Adrian Peterson goes on to have a, a great career at Oklahoma, and, of course, uh, he's like an alien in the NFL. Um, that was pretty good. You're, you're drive, think about all the things. That, no wonder... I know both are a grind in the NFL and college football, SEC football, college football. But no wonder a lot of the guys get up in the NFL and they're like, I'm good. You never have to get on the phone, drive it into work, and just start dialing. You know, you've got a list, whatever, eight guys. I got to call him, got to call him, got to call him. You know, they're in high school. They're knuckleheads. I mean, you got it like, Oh, my gosh, what are you doing today? Blah, 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 you know, da, 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 da. They've got four girlfriends. You know, they don't think more than two minutes in front of them. Believe me, I'm, I have two teenagers. And 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 then you got to talk to the mom and the dad or the aunt and the uncle and this and the third-party flesh peddler. I just, can you imagine doing that over and over and over again? Oh, here's my recruiting list. All right, I've got uh, four kids in Atlanta, uh, three kids in Alabama, and six kids in the state of Mississippi. And maybe a couple others, you know. Oh, and I'm working the transfer portal through current players on our roster who know kids. And so I've got four more guys in the transfer portal. And I got to re-recruit my players on the roster. Which, if you notice, some, some teams did that and some teams didn't. 
Um, I mean, starting in like September, October. I don't think some staffs understood you better be recruiting your blank off on your roster too. So think about all that. I got X amount of high school kids. I got X amount of guys I'm trying to get in the transfer portal and I'm recruiting my position group. Or in the NFL, you wake up in New Orleans and you're the wide receivers coach and you just drive to Metairie. You may call a colleague, may call your wife, may call a buddy. Now, you, it, you're going to grind that day, but you don't have to, you know, man, I got to call Adrian and, and, and talk to him, you know, for 20 minutes about him going to, you know, uh, get pizza last night in his hometown. But, Ed, and, and that's why I wonder if Ogeron will, I don't think he can do it, but he may. Can he ride it out, hang out at the pool, hang out at the beach, maybe dabble in some of the stuff like going on the Dan Patrick show and other things, right? Or a month from now, three months from now, or when toe meets leather, Labor Day weekend, because that that a lot of times is, right, the decision maker. Yeah, you're you're in your cool home or condo on in Destin, and you're like, uh, uh, the juice, I got to have it. The competition, the scoreboard, the drive, the ability to, you know, win or lose. Um, two guys, pretty much complete opposites, but two guys, Ed Ogeron, Dan Mullen. Does it hit Dan Labor Day weekend like it hits Ed? Or does it hit Ed like it, you know, who? Urban Meyer. Got some money. Can do media. Or... And does Dan take Gene Chizik's place on the SEC network? Not sure that's what I'd want to do either. I mean, if I've got tons of cabbage, I mean, it's a cool gig. And I love Doring Chizik, Ben Watson, and Dari. But am I motivated to fly to Charlotte for three days every day, every weekend throughout football season, if I've got $25 million in the bank? I mean, 100 years ago, you had to work some way, shape, or form if you were in coaching. Today, you know, if I'm sitting out looking at the ocean in Destin, am I motivated to get in, go to the airport and fly to Charlotte for 13, 14, 15, 16 straight weekends? I, I don't know. Even then, you're missing kids stuff, right? I mean... If your kid's on a basket, a football team or a basketball team or soccer, trap, whatever, golf, you're still missing stuff. If you got to jump on a plane on Thursday and come back on Sunday afternoon from Charlotte, how motivated are you? Ed Ogeron back in the game by December? Dan Mullen back in the game by December? Urban Meyer back in the game by December? Or live off your investments, dabble in media, play golf, have a good time. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man. MortgageManMS.com. Went McGee will shop the best rates for you. MortgageManMS.com.
This show flew by. Yesterday felt like a marathon. This was a 40-yard dash. Good morning. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by the Ram Trucks, Jeep Grand Cherokees, and the pre-owned and new SUVs and trucks. Uh, They've got a loaded-up full dealership at Mack Hike and Flowood, MacHikeFlowood.com. Show is also brought to you by Bulldog Burger. As our next guest knows, delicious burgers. Uh, The spring rolls are great. You can smash a cheeseburger, get you a craft beer, Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. And uh, we threw in a guest here. We're having a book signing today for Dogpile, the, the new book by Steve Robertson. I think we've got about 15 spots left. We're doing a book signing in the studio from 3 to 5. We'll have food and beverage. If you want to jump in, depending on where you are on the list, text us 601-885-3776. 885-3776. And, um, and we'll try to get you in. It's obviously Steve's new book on Mississippi State's National Championship in Baseball last summer which was an absolute remarkable run. And I even as long as I've been, I, you know, I've been going to Duty Noble Field since 1980, Bruce Castoria. My parents had a place in the outfield back then, and that's when it was rustic and rural. And then, of course, you know, my dad got seats when the stadium was built in 87 um, and, and so on. And I even with all the regionals I've been to and the last four trips to Omaha and the super regionals, I still didn't understand how difficult it is to win it. I just didn't. I mean, it was, that was both grueling and, 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 you know, obviously unbelievable, but, uh, we welcome in Steve Robertson on the bucked up energy drinks guest line. Steve, how's dog pile going? It's doing amazing. And, uh, there is a very, very real possibility that we're going to run out of books before the second printing gets here. And, um, you know, I, I don't guess we should be surprised. I mean, you saw how Mississippi State people gobbled up everything with an Apple championship logo uh, this past summer and set all these sales records and everything else. And everywhere I go, we're having, you know, the biggest signings I've ever had. And uh, Bulldog bands have been great. And, uh, you know, actually we've had, uh, you know, we had c- kind of short-circuited the own system with the publisher with uh, with the online orders. You know, matter of fact, I'm headed back down there today after I leave your place to uh, – to get some orders out that, uh, you know, from the very beginning that were kind of lost in the shuffle. And I, I do apologize for that. It's not one of those things that I can control, but the bottom line is there, there are people that pre-order that are waiting on books that's being addressed today. Okay. All right. So Dogpile the book is out doing very well. Steve's bouncing around the state book signings. He'll be here uh, at the out of bounds studio uh, this afternoon, three to five. Um, if you want to jump in, text us 601-885-3776. Uh, we've got a crew coming in. Um, all right, let's, uh, I got to switch gears and we'll get back into dog pile, it, it, you know, in 10 minutes or so, maybe 15, whatever. Um, all right. So it's, it, it looks like this is, this is it for Ben Hallen. Uh, are you, are you there? Or you agree with that? 
I'm really leaning in that direction. I mean, you know, we, we discussed, Bo, on your show here a couple of weeks back that there was a five-game stretch in many respects that would define the season. That began with the South Carolina game. State, of course, gets a big win there, as they should have. And then since that time, you know, you've had you know, the loss to Arkansas, the loss to Tennessee, the loss at LSU, and now you've got a game coming up against Alabama. And the one thing that State had to avoid was going – you know, one and four or zero oh and five during that stretch, and that's kind of what we're facing right in the face right now. It's in this season-defining stretch. Mississippi State had to answer the bell. There are some very winnable games later, but those quad three wins don't help you get into the NCAA tournament. And Mississippi State's in a position now where there just absolutely is no margin for error. They got to pull off an upset or two to keep their their hopes alive, making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. All right. So it. it it looks like a long shot, as you said. Um, so, as you look at the search, just what do you think are some potential realistic possibilities that Cohen and the leadership team may go? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that I think, you know, John Cohen's hiring pattern is rather interesting. You know, you've You've had some situations where you go out and you hire a guy like Andy Conazaro, was, uh, who was considered by many to be the next great, you know, coach up and comer. You know, at that point he had not been a head coach, and so you kind of get on the train early. And you know, the recur- recruiting wise, things were going exceptionally well. And of course, they take a team that's uh, kind of beat up and get them to a super regional in Baton Rouge and nearly win that thing down there. And I think a lot of people thought, hey, we may have a generational coach on our hands, and then. Next thing you know, some off-the-field issues in this tenure here. And then you go out and you hire, you know, Chris Lamonis, you know, a guy that was a sitting Power 5 head coach from Indiana that's coming here and won an Apple championship. You look at the football side of it, it's like, well, you, you kind of made the analytical hire. You went and got Joe Moorhead. That didn't work out. So then you go get a sitting Power 5 head coach and Mike Leach. And, and, of course, they, you know, there's still some left, some things left to prove, but certainly an improvement in year two over year one. You had the Nicky McCray Pinson situation, and again, you know, on paper it seemed like a great hire. I mean, her her winning pedigree is unparalleled. You know, it just it didn't work out, and so now you've got to make a decision there. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how John handles a potential coaching search on the men's side. Is it a situation where you got to go big game hunting? I think that it is, Bo. I, I don't think you can go out there and make the analytical hire or go get the up and comer. I think you've got to go out there. Because when you look at what our contemporaries are doing within the league, Good you look at what Arkansas is doing, you're looking at what Auburn is doing. And here's the thing, too. You know, you've got, as you say, you got the American gangster down there in Baton Rouge that, uh, <laughs> you know, was you know, in the headlines, and yet he still has a job. you got Bruce Pearl, a guy that's been in multiple issues with the NCAA, and now he just signed a lifetime contract at Auburn. So, you know, going out and hiring the coach from East Central Community College is not going to help Mississippi State catch those folks. You got to go out there and you got to chase some big names. And and I think Mississippi State's in a position with a uh, soon-to-be newly renovated Humphrey Coliseum and a fan base that's eager to win that you can go out there and find somebody of that caliber. So you you would not be surprised at all if they kick the tires on a Sean Miller or who coached it Xavier and and Arizona. Or a name like that. Well, I'd be I'd be terribly disappointed if they didn't. You know, I think you have to. I think that's what's happening with Mississippi State men's basketball is you're getting left behind. You know, other people have taken some steps to improve their program and the trajectory of their program, 
And, you know, State's now facing, what, seven seven seasons without a win in an NCAA tournament. And as great as the guy's been howling is, that's just not going to work, you know. And so, again, the season isn't over. You know, there's still a possibility they could make a run here. But Mississippi State cannot allow to kind of stand in place and tread water while the rest of the SEC West, in many respects, is uh, is beginning to take some steps forward because this is a very unforgiving league, as you know. So, if you're if you are sitting in place, you're falling behind, and that's where I think Mississippi State is. The state is just kind of falling behind the rest of the league, and you got to make some changes to to, uh, to get caught up. What's the buyout, or give or take? What's the buyout? You know, it, it's between between two and four million, if I remember correctly. You know, it's um, you know, it's probably closer to four right now. But uh, you know, it's I mean, how much money are you losing right now in men's basketball? It's like you say, well, you know, it's a revenue producer. It may be true, but how much more earning potential would you have if you had some juice in Humphrey Coliseum? And you know, it's like I, I read all this kind of people are like all upset with the fans. But so here's what Mississippi State fans have proven on the basketball side the last few years. Number one, they're kind of fair-weathered, okay? They will pack out Humphrey Coliseum to see a winning team, though, as we saw on the women's side. You know, and that's the thing, too, with so much competition for your entertainment hour these days. A couple of years ago, if you had to pack the family for a midweek game, well, you want to go see them win, right? You want to go bring the kids and have a good experience. And this fan base fell in love with the women's program. And you saw last Thursday they lose to Florida and got a standing ovation from the Humphrey Coliseum crowd. You know, so this fan base will hang in here with you. You just got to improve the quality of the product on the floor. And I think that's what we're seeing on the men's side. I think people are voting with their absenteeism. They're basically saying, hey, listen, we just don't support this product. And some could say, well, you know, there's this and there's that. The bottom line is there's just not any excitement around this program right now. And I think Mississippi State people just are not going to invest their time and emotions into a program that they just don't feel is going anywhere. Mm. Do you have some other names other than Sean Miller that uh, Cohen and crew may kick the tires on? Well, you know, I think there's always Rick Pitino out there. I own a right. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, that's a, that's a thing that I, I kind of laugh to myself, even though he, I guess he's seven, what, 69, 70 years old. You know, it's like if I'm John Cohen, you know, there's always this thing. I, I hate to say it where you got to kiss the ring, but you always want to kind of rope the, the league office in on what you're doing, because there's a lot of times they may know things about candidates as you do your due diligence that perhaps you don't to kind of avoid, you know, some pitfalls down the road. But, you know, when you look at the fact that, you know, Bruce Pearl and Will Wade are still in this league, I don't, I don't know how anybody could ever say anything. If Mississippi State wanted to go hire whoever, you know, how could anybody ever say anything? It's like, oh, well, you know, states went out and got this guy that's got some baggage. I mean, everybody in college basketball has baggage. <laughs> I mean, everybody. You know, Kermit's got baggage. You know, Will Wade's got baggage. Ruth Pearl's got baggage. I mean, you know, if you look at every coach at some point, you're going to find a little something. But, you know, but here's the deal. If, if everybody's playing dirty pool a little bit, and I'm not saying you got to go out there and, uh, and, 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 you know, break NCAA rules to win, but with, with name, image, and likeness being what it is right now and the transfer portal being what it is right now, you, you can have a pretty quick fix. And you've got to have some people that are going to be aggressive on the recruiting trail. But even more importantly, once you get them here, you got to coach them. you got to play an exciting brand of basketball. That's what puts people in the seats. Uh, that's what impresses recruits. I mean, if we're going to go down there and just kind of, you know, uh, dribble the ball around for, you know, the last 10 seconds of the shot clock and then fire up a little by three, I mean, you don't need to go pay a guy three and a half, four million dollars to do that. You or I can do that, you know. So <laughs> I think what happens now is 
I'm not saying that you're going to go out and hire a guy like Rick Pitino or Sean Miller or somebody like that, but I think that's where the thing starts. I think you start at somewhere that is an established Power Five coach that has a history of winning, and then you go see. I mean, because there's a lot of guys out there. You know, there's a lot of guys that are G5s and up-and-comers. I just think at this point, and, you know, the fact that this program has kind of been, for the, for the most part, kind of drifting since, uh, you know, even those last couple of years of Rick Sansbury, you got to go out and get somebody that's going to give you an influx of energy. And I think going out and hiring a big-name coach does that. There are a lot of people out there that love these, you know, mid-major coaches, but the casual fan doesn't have really a working knowledge of who those people are. And, and so you go out and hire a guy like Sean Miller, you go hire a guy like, you know, Rick Pitino, for that matter, even Rick Pitino Jr., goodness. And, you know, it's like, you go hire a buzz name like that, all of a sudden people are like, okay, they're serious about basketball. Maybe I will be too. Steve Robertson on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Uh, we'll have a book signing here today from 3 to 5, his new book, mm-hmm. Dog Powell, on the Mississippi State uh, Baseball National Championship. And uh, Steve and his publisher feel like it is his best book and all kinds of uh, stories, both leading up to the national championship and around Mississippi State's national championship in baseball last year. Um, Steve joins us on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Steve, Rick Patino's that's a grand slam. I, I mean, look, Basketball was my favorite sport growing up. I went to the Final Four in 87. The guy was there. I remember going to his practice on Friday, and I'd never seen anything like it in my life. I know he's 69, but he always kind of reminds me of an Energizer bunny. You're really only looking for, I mean, let's just be honest, four years is an eternity. You surround him with some some dudes as far as assistants. Would you be opposed to that, Rick Patino? No, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would be a Absolutely. that would pack the hump. Seriously, I don't even know it. Whatever you tip off, November tenth next year, Friday going into a game, uh, football game or something Thursday. That the, there would not be a seat available in in a I guess somewhat newly renovated maybe two phases Humphrey Coliseum. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I don't know if uh, you know if Patino's up for the challenge or not, but you know, I, I'm here for the Rick Patino Revenge Tour. You know, basically, <laughs> learning why, let's, you know, let's go up to Lexington and beat those guys up there. You know, and, and be able to have some pretty cool memories because that's the thing too. You go back to it's like when you look at this program. You know, what wins do you really hang your hat on? And we're, and we're talking seven years in. I mean, you know, is there a monumental win? In the Ben Howland era at Mississippi State, okay, well, you beat Auburn a couple of years ago. It was a pretty big win at the time, you know, when Bruce Pearl was really kind of getting that program together. You know, you beat a pretty highly ranked Missouri team that kind of faded down the stretch. But you don't have that big signature win. You know, and I, and I know there's people out there that are like, you know, but Steve, no, no, but you. you know, but you, that's the problem, is Mississippi State needs some life and needs some juice in this program. And, and uh, I, I think it's pretty evident that, it's probably going to take a new hire to kind of get many of these fans back on board and board on basketball. Uh, would you be open to Annie Kennedy, AK? And Absolutely. Start? Another revenge tour, right? And I'm for that too. And, and here's the thing too. Andy probably needs a lead assistant. that's probably an absolute big game hunter as a recruiter, but Andy Kennedy can motivate. Andy Kennedy is a guy too, that'll get after you defensively. He's a good developer of talent. I mean, you saw that there were some teams that all missed it weren't especially talented. They were incredibly competitive, and that's coaching. That's coaching. So I think Andy Kennedy, I think that's another name that people would be excited about. You know, probably not as excited as Sean Miller or Rick Pitino because he's not as accomplished as those guys. Sure. But 
you bring in Andy, I think that um, that makes it awfully spicy, you know, with the uh, your state on this thing. But, you know, the reality is that your side should be higher than that. I mean, you're trying to make the NCAA tournament and kind of beat Ole Miss on the way. I mean, you can't hang your hat around that. You know, the bottom line is Andy is a guy, too, that uh, is doing a great job at UAB. And uh, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of state people, once he left Ole Miss and he was on the SEC network, people are like, you know, hey, I kind of like this guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and listen, he owned the rivalry. There's no doubt about it. He absolutely got his team up to play Mississippi State. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and, then, and then went into Humphrey Coliseum and kind of slapped some people around, you know. So I'm here for that, too. <laughs> Let's move to Charles Cross. What do you think? Top, I mean, I guess could go top five, but are, are you are you really confident in going him going in the top ten? Yeah, feed, the feedback is pretty promising, and that's the thing too. He's going to run really well, you know, in his workouts. You know, he's a guy that'll test really well because he's, you know, he's a guy that didn't show up in college with bad weight. You know, he had to add weight when he got to college, so he put it on the right way. You know, so he's comfortable playing at that playing weight. I think he's a guy, too, to test off the charts. He's an incredibly, incredibly nice young man. He'll do well in those interviews. A lot of people now forecast him as the top tackle in the draft, and he'll be the first tackle taken. Uh, some people have even had him guys had him going as high as number one. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, but I think it's pretty probably pretty much an assurity that he's going to go in the top ten, possibly, you know, top five, depending on a team need. But, you know, guys like him don't come around that often. And, and the reality of it is when they do, they go to the National Football League in the first round, and that's what Charles Cross is. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. Um, how desperate is the football team at the safety position? Or did they change the game, so to speak, over the last couple of months there? Well, I think you feel better – today after the December signings and the spring enrollments than, than you did after the Liberty Bowl. You know, you go out and you get Jackie Matthews, and they're still in the market for another safety, possibly two, if they can find uh, two guys that can play. And so, you know, I, I think you feel better. I don't know that you feel great. You know, I, I think the spring portal entrants are going to be big. There's going to be another round of recruiting. You know, and now that we used to have NAPL signing day, now it's a 365-day year deal. You know, it's and it's like you're always adding people to the class. And so here in a couple of months, we're going to be talking about other guys that are in the portal that could make you a better football team this year. And I think Mississippi State will be targeting a couple of defensive backs um, that will you know, be two deepers this year. So you know, even with post-spring practice, you're going to begin to think, okay, I've got a pretty good idea of what this team looks like, but that's not going to be the case because you're still going to have some room to work you know, in May and early June. Uh, to add a couple guys, and I think State has to add at least one safety, and then probably the best available DB, whether that be a corner or a safety, because in this scheme, you know, basically you play your five best defensive backs. There, there are some guys that are have the ability to play both spots. You just kind of move them around if the team needs you to. We'll wrap it up with this. Uh, starting rotation for Mississippi State this weekend. Let's go Landon Sims, uh, Kate Smith, Jackson, Fristo. That's, okay. how, that's how I see it today. And then, of course, Preston Johnson will get some, some innings, as will Andrew Walling. And I actually visited with Scott Foxhall last week, and one thing that he told me is like, hey, we don't have to make a decision today for the rest of the year. And so it's like you may give – everybody's going to be on a pitch count the first weekend anyway. You know, maybe you give Frisco 70 pitches, you bring in Preston Johnson, give him 70. And then the next day you bring in 
Kate Smith and give him said for anything go with Walling. So these guys can continue to compete, you know, uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Because, you know, State didn't sell the rotation last year until the weekend before we went to Baton Rouge. And so that's what non-conference does for you. It gives you ability to kind of experiment a little bit. And so the good thing is State's got some depth. And I really think that's going to be the big separator in the SEC West this year. Everybody's going to be pretty good offensively, but State's probably going to have better pitching than most of the teams in the West. Who's the Who's the guy on the mound the last month or in fall ball for MSU that most people wouldn't know his name that's creating a lot of buzz? Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know that there's a guy that's really creating a lot of buzz other than the fact that Andrew Walling is healthy. You know, he had kind of an up-and-down fall, and they find out, you know, he wasn't quite 100%. They've got him right, and he's been much better, and his control has been better. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think the guy, if he can make the jump that we're expecting, it'll really push State back to Omaha, it's Jackson Fristo. The guy's stuff is absolutely electric. You know, and last year he pitched really before he was ready because he had to. And he went out there and gave you a good effort and, and needed to kind of develop some mental toughness. It appears he's done that. But if he can go out there and, and really be the guy that they expect him to be, because some people think that he's, because uh, he is going to be a draft eligible sophomore, that he'll be a guy that, that will you know command a pretty high uh, draft pick at some point. So if he can live up to his potential, you're great. But also, too, Kate Smith was hurt a lot last year, and that's a guy too that in a regular draft two years ago never comes to college. So now you have him, and you now you have him healthy. And so I think you actually have you know, the makings of a really good rotation as we kind of uh, you know get into the early part of the season. Are you surprised Preston Johnson isn't one of the three that you think will be the strongest? Well, you know, he, he's still in the mix to be one of those guys on the weekend. But, you know, and it's like Landon Sims and I talked about, you know, it's like whether he's the first guy out of the bullpen or the, or the second guy on the weekend, you know, the guy's going to go out there and do his job. He's actually trimmed up. He looks to be in great shape. And so as a result, his stamina has improved even a little bit more. So he can go deeper in the ball games. And he was a starter by trade before he got here. State just needed a middle reliever, and he jumped in that role. So, yeah, could he get some starts? Absolutely. But you know what? If he does just what he did last year, I think Mississippi State fans would be really excited about that. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. His new book is out, Dogpile, on the Mississippi State Baseball National Championship team. Uh, last question. who Who's raking at the plate? Who's Who's creating a buzz there? Well, I, I, let's go with some of the newcomers. You know, you kind of know the usual suspects. But, uh, you know, the guy that I think is – if State had five double-digit home run guys last year, I think you've got the potential to have six this year. R.J. Yeager. Get ready for that. R.J. Yeager led State to home runs in the fall. Uh, will be the opening day second baseman. I think he's a guy that can really, really rake. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Robertson, Dogpile Book is out. Thanks, Steve. He joined us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. If you would like to jump in on the book signing this afternoon in our beautiful Out of Bounds studio, shoot us a text. It's between 3 and 5 P. We've got some spots left. 601-885-3776. It's brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. 601-885-3776. Thanks for listening to the Out of Bounds show. On ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by the Spray and Bedliners and Lift Kits at Rick's Pro Truck.